It was a pretty solid win against the Saints in a game marred by some shocking injuries to both sides. This week, we have a look at the Saints game, check out the AFL news with Nicky, preview the big clash against the Giants, and yes, board talk is back. Rory, this one's for you, mate. This is Crowcast. Okay, welcome everyone to another edition of Crowcast. We've got our full complement again tonight. Uh, we have Danos. How are you doing, Danos? Good, thanks, Phoenix. And you? Pretty good, mate. And we've got Waffle. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks, Phoenix. Uh, I would have let Nikki go first, but you introduced me. Um, how are you? I I just like letting Nikki go last because we can give the big fanfare and, you know, talk about her adventurous cats and all that sort of stuff. And feet. And feet. Yeah, there's a bit of a reaction from that. Oh, uh, dear Lord. On on that note, how are you, Nikki? <laughs> oh, how do I respond to that? Tell yes. us all to have a cold shower. That's pretty topical for you <laughs> oh, at the moment. Oh, it is it? at the moment. I'm not happy. Not happy at all. Yeah, Sounds no. like you need a cold shower, Nikki. <laughs> I'm going to smack the lot of you. I need one Saturday afternoon, that's for bloody sure. It's not the right time of the year to have shower problems, I tell you. No, not, um, it does get a wee bit chill around here in the morning, so yes, tomorrow morning's going to be um, not fun. So we're going to obviously talk about the St Kilda game and have a preview of next week's big game against GWS, who would have thought we'd be saying that. And, of course, we'll be hearing from Nikki with Nikki's News and a return to board talk tonight Yay! with special guest Kane Goodwin. So we'll hear from him later on. So without further ado, it's over to you, Nikki, for Nikki's News. Okay, so just some heads up on the Ryan Crowley situation where that's at. The hearing has over and done with and they're apparently going to tell us at some stage but they won't say when. Um, Channel 7 did state that it was the drug that um, was in the pill that he got from the um, health professional was methadone of all things. Um, But from what I understand, that is kind of a little bit it's one of a small component of a lot of painkillers. So the information we'd had that it was part of a, um, a pain pill that he'd got late at night um, to do with his back injury does kind of seem to fit. And also in drug news and in I think the Numpty of the Week award can go to Drew Petrie who on I think it was SEN uh, was talking about it, thinks that the AFL should um, not have anything to do with WADA. Um, they should drop it completely and um, the AFL can handle drugs better than Wada can. He obviously owns a broom and a rug. Oh, it was and, – and he's on the AFL Players Association. Um, so – and I'd, other people have talked about him and said, he's, you know, he's quite an intelligent man and everything else. Well, not when he said that, I don't think. He, he, he doesn't actually understand that if they – if – the AFL pulls out, there's a whole lot of government funding that they're going to lose out on, which is all to do with stadium deals. Yeah, I think the argument um, against being associated with WADA is more on philosophical terms in that the WADA code doesn't really cater for team sports terribly well, as we've seen with Essendon. But you're right, there's a whole heap of underlying issues that he obviously hasn't considered there. 
And and obviously he's not concerned that um, the aim should actually be on getting as clean a sport as possible, not allowing people to dope. Well, I mean, I guess we could do that um, with a with an AFL code, but I mean, you I know. mean, you'd end up like because we know the NFL and the NBA and all the rest don't do it um, because they're all privately owned and there's an awful lot of money being funneled into those sports. But it's been talked about for years of about steroid abuse, et cetera, and you've seen, you know, a number of players that are, are getting done and I think it's almost weekly that you hear about, um, what is it, an NFL player has to sit out a couple of weeks because he's been done for steroids. Yeah. Did, they ever, did they ever investigate Ben Johnson from Collingwood? I don't know. I'd have to have a look into that one. I... I uh... I think I remember hearing some stuff about it, but, yeah. That was a while ago, though. Luckily, he retired. Isn't that why he didn't get investigated, because he retired? That could be why, because um, once, they've, once they've stopped playing and if you're not playing at any level, then, yeah, they, they don't particularly uh, pay any attention to them after that. You know, there, there's no longer a worry, so to speak, because they're not competing. So where does with the AFL, sit? Sorry, Dan, I was going. Were the AFL water associated with them? I think they might have been. Or, or they definitely were part of ASADA or whatever the ASADA was prior. I'm, I'm trying to remember what the name was a, a little bit prior to it. I noticed on Friday night that Gil was having a good gas bag with uh, Paul Little. And yeah, well, Gil needs to get on side with them. Um, that I, th- I think most people are now starting to realise that the AFL did as much as possible to to make this not happen, and it's now out of their hands. So I think they might be in a bit of strife as well for the way it was handled. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a shitstorm brewing. And I also found it very interesting at the time when Adrian Anderson left was right around the time all of this was starting to come out and I thought at the time that there was, you know, some smoke to the rumours going around that he saw the writing on the wall and he was getting out of there as fast as he possibly could. So um, I was going to ask earlier, where does Crowley now sit with inadvertent use in terms of a penalty? Uh Depends on how they want to go and the circumstances that are around it. I mean, he could, with inadvertent use, you can actually just get a reprimand um, up to two years. So it's at the discretion of the tribunal um, weighing up the evidence. I hate to be harsh, but Fremantle looked like a better team without him and without his tactics on field. Yeah, they've been. Um, I know that's been a bit of discussion lately, and they have. It's freed them up in in the midfield, and it's. I think it's really paying dividends. Although they really they don't do so well in the second halves. They tend to set up the wind in the first half and then just hang on. Now, what else has been happening in the well? Carlton woes, woes, and more woes. That's just. Um, I, I think witches' hats might have. Um, provided a bit more of a game against GWS on the weekend than what Carlton did. Um, and the crowd they got was just shockingly low. Um, Talk about fickle supporters, God. Oh, well and truly. Um, and and I think that's partly why they have so many Friday night games was the supporting numbers were dropping off. So the AFL 
put on those sort of a bit of the lesser Friday night games of the Victorian teams to help boost their numbers. It just hasn't worked with Carlton because they're dishing up performances that are, I dare to say, pathetic. Has Triggy been on the phone to Neil? Oh, who knows? Um, And the other interesting thing I kind of um, found was, oh, hang on, there it goes. Mind (laughs) disappearing out of the ether. Um, just, <laughs> just to fill in that blank. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what was I thinking about? I don't know. Um, bit of talk about Worsfold maybe uh, re-entering the fold, and of course he was an assistant at Carlton, so you never know. They might uh, have a crack at him. I think. I think that partly came from John Elliott's interview last um, on Monday night with, um, yeah, where he he kind of talked about that if he was still in charge, he would be the person that you're after, and he talked about the. Um, the, the two, you know, the most respected people he found as, as good human beings, et cetera, were Stephen Kernahan and John Worsfold. So I, I don't know how much you'd, you'd take that as a compliment coming from John Elliott, but, you know, that, that, that was kind of um, an interesting little chat they had there. This is what I was going to talk about, Fife and the trip. What did you guys think of that? Should he have got weeks or not? No. No. I don't know. I saw it live, and he was – he meant to trip him. He did mean to trip him, and it was a feral swing, and I think he was lucky. I actually hate this because I actually kind of agree with Mark Robinson. I thought he should have got a week at least. No. Because the, you can't trip with your foot. You can't trip with your leg. That, that, is, that is incredibly dangerous. You don't want players to do it. Okay, it's fine that he didn't get hurt. But you don't. There shouldn't be penalties just sitting there. Of oh, it, because he didn't hurt him, it was okay. Well, it, that slightly that encourages him to get away else. with a bit. That happens I, with everyone else, and I don't. Yeah, disagree and I don't with like you. that. Well, I don't think his action was malicious. I think it was reckless or or negligent. And I'm quite happy that he got a fine. A grand's probably a bit light, but I'm quite happy that it's not going to cost him a brown low because it's pretty innocuous. Because of his brain fade. Well, I mean, it's you know, had he had he brought the guy down, or or you know, if there was some malicious intent there, then you know, fair enough. But it's reckless. Is is it malicious because he did intend to trip him? And and the the MRP um, counted it as they counted it as as intentional. Yeah, it can still be reckless and intentional though. It doesn't have to be malicious. The funny thing is, a mate sent me a message before the Frio game. He goes, how long before uh, Five has a brain fade? As soon as I saw it, I said, and there it is. Yeah, he's, he's got to do it. He's got to do it once. It's a bit like Tomo having to you get at least one or two high tackles from Tomo in a game because, you know, he just can't help it. It drives me nuts. Yeah, no, I'm comfortable. It would be disappointing if Fife um, lost a brown load for that. I I just didn't. I mean, yeah, he's. he's he didn't try to I think it's him. fairly safe to say he's well ahead. I, I like the fact that the MRP can give a fine, and for it not to count against your Burnley chances. But I still think that they should be able to give weeks. And for the last twenty, thirty years, tripping has been a suspendable offence, and it's now 
no longer a, a, suspendable, a suspendable offence. And I think that it should be. I think that he was intentionally trying to trip him because he'd fallen over and he was going to lose him. And I think that he should have got a week for it. I don't think that it should have that it should um, count against his Brownlow chances, though. And that's the problem. If he gets a week, it's Brownlow. And they shouldn't really consider that when they're making their decision, but I'm sure that they do. Yeah, it is a curly one. That's why I knew I wanted to raise it in here. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think the – I agree with you, Dan. I, was, I, I think that that whole being able to um, just fine for some of the minor things, although – I think Jared Waite's kind of lucky because he has absolute form of whacking blokes in the back of the head because he got there a little bit late. Um, but, yeah, th- this one I thought was it was borderline for me because he did kick that leg out and I don't think it's, sh- yes, it's reckless, but I do think it was intentional. And under anything that's intentional in that respect, I, I think you should get at least a week. I'll put something out there after I clear my throat. I would suggest that he wasn't actually trying to trip, he was actually trying to stop. And I know that sounds a bit contentious, but the way he the way he put his leg up and the height that he that he put his leg up, he was he was actually trying to block with his leg. I know that's that's a trip, but in terms of intent, there's a subtle difference. There is, but it can still cause quite a bit of damage. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I've so nearly had my leg you... broken by by a trip, so I I, I know that. But in I, that, I've had a I've had a whack on the legs as well, so it's not fun. No, it's shocking. Anyway, I I don't disagree with you, Dennis. Um, <clears throat> it's you know it really is borderline, but it probably balances up the one he got last year that he shouldn't have. Yeah, true. But how many more is he going to do this year? I'd say there'll be there'll be one, at least there'll be, there'll be at least one. Like him and Ballantyne just can't help themselves. You won't get away with it a second time, Daniels. That's for sure. Yep. Thing is, I don't reckon he's actually malicious like Ballantyne. I just think he's highly no. competitive, and sometimes that gets the better of him. Doesn't like being beaten, and just does something stupid. Yeah, exactly. Stevie J was worse. Oh, that was he was oh. he's an idiot. How how he only got a fine for that, I don't know. Because um, the fact that he's actually looking at where the other ball is, I'm just going to go and hit him. The one that really got, got me was um, Marley Williams for Collingwood uh, on the wing. Um, he tackled Trent Cotchen and after the umpire had blown his whistle, he laid a fist into his side. There was nothing else that he could have been doing other than punching him and it wasn't even looked at. Interesting. Yeah. Second nature to Marley Williams doing that. Well, yeah, that's what I thought too. So that's the little tribunal news. The other um, thing I found interesting is, well, not interesting, but um, David Swallow is going to be out for a number of weeks because he did he broke his thumb. Um, so that's not a something that you can actually play with. Um, so he's going to be out for a little while. And North Melbourne have a decent old injury list as well. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out whether they rival ours or not. Um, but, yeah, they're not travelling so well in terms of injuries. So who's got any juicy gossip on Rory Sloan and his contract? Oh, there was somebody, yeah, somebody was just ringing in saying there's going to be an announcement on Friday, but um, as was pointed out, 
they I think they they stipulated it was going to be Friday afternoon. Well, that's when the team would be on the plane to Sydney. So I don't think that quite works out. It'd be nice if it occurs. Um, he he I won't think, be on the plane though. Well, he did. He was sitting in the box on um, the weekend, so it'd be interesting to see if he does travel with the team or not. I don't think there's any danger of him not signing. I've, I've heard one or two really little snippets uh, that aren't worth even paying attention to, but I haven't heard any negative. No, similar from me. Um, the other the rumour that seemed to be quite strong was that it was to what the argument is that is between three and five years is so it's the same amount of money, but it's just the length of the contract that's being argued about. I think that was the same caller, wasn't it? I think that that bit came out a bit earlier, and then the caller um, reiterated it today. The th- thing I found interesting last week was a basket case Melbourne and Fergus Watts dropping himself for the week. Jack Watts. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, sorry, Dan. I... Fergus. Fergus Watts. <laughs> Lack of sleep, mate. A child with conjunctivitis. You know the story. Same thing. Oh, Fergus. Fergus, same thing. They Fergus was never going to drop himself. Another. He wasn't even close to getting a game. Well, neither should Jack Watts be. Can I call him Fergus? <laughs> Hang on. I've got a cat that's trying to um, knock the inter- the modem around. Naughty pussy. Adventurous pussy, apparently. It's not betting about the bush. No comment. <laughs> no, the the, adve- the adventures he decided to take um, because there's a bit of my ceiling that's been removed, so he got up on a shelf and decided to go for a wander between the ceiling and the gap in the little roof upstairs and so into the cavity. So I wasn't very pleased with him doing that. Don't throw that bait out. You know exactly what you're saying right now. No, I don't. The gap in the cavity? Come on now. How else you describe that? There's a hole in my ceiling. Hmm. That was not intentional. And it's a he too. That's unusual. You've got to wonder about the ball drop there. I think we're all going to get weeks for this conversation, so please you continue, are. Nikki. Yes, please continue, I will Nikki. tell my father not to tune in, or my mother for that matter. <laughs> she might tell you off. My mother would be livid with the way I'm speaking. <laughs> my mum would have a very good chuckle. <laughs> I actually, it might go over my mum's head sometimes. Should we explain it? <laughs> no, please don't. <laughs> Not that note, I think we can end the news. Oh, that's hit with the news. Shit. That's a Fergus Watts handball. <laughs> can't we talk about can't we talk about Jack Watts and his Oh if you want dropping? you can go talk off of Jack Watts. Go off you go then. Hey Waffle, what do you reckon about Fergus Watts? Yeah, Fergus Watts is a dropping himself from the Melbourne side was a big call. It's been blown out of proportion a bit though, hasn't it? He just wanted more, he just wanted a full game. Well, John Meeson's got to be due to come back in the Melbourne side soon. Is he still on the list? Well, maybe Luke Jericho might get a chance. No, it'll be James Seller. Uh, having, having a friend that played for Melbourne Football Club, he's actually working for a construction company in Geelong. That would suit John to a T, I think. Build a career out of what he couldn't do, what he wanted to do, sort of thing. So is that the news now, Nicky? 
<laughs> yes, that is it with the news. Yep, you haven't got anything else? No. No? No, I'm right. Well, we'll leave the audience to plug in the gaps and we'll move on. To... I hate you. I hate you no gaps. Well, let's talk about St Kilda. Nikki's not... Gaps. Nikki's no more gaps. Unbelievable. Hasn't this turned over the last couple of weeks? <laughs> like Dr. Feelgood. <laughs> the floodgates have opened. Jerry, who remembers uh, Dr. Feelgood on the Austerian Network? Yeah, Jerry. Now we're no, going to get done for harassment here, so let's move on. Do you behave yourself? I'm not speaking. Right, so the game versus St Kilda, how do we all see that? Wasn't against the cats, was it? No. <laughs> I think this is. I'm just leaving that one. This alone. is turning into a Jerry Springer episode. Yeah. No. Uh, no, there's been no fights yet. There's been no fights or chairs thrown. That's true. That's right. You should turn it into a Maury Povich show. And oh no, we won't turn it into that. No, you will not turn it into that. Well, I think if you were to say before the weekend. We're going to come out of it with a 40-something point win against the Saints. We probably would have taken it every time. Um, I, for one, was a little bit concerned about what might happen, given St Kilda's comeback against the Bombers and uh, the Bulldogs. Um, So I was pretty pleased with the outcome, apart from the injuries. The injuries were horrible. Yeah, Yeah. Yench is going to be a huge, huge loss. I don't think we even realise how big a loss is going to be. And you wouldn't have said that 12 months ago either. Dare I say it, he's having a breakout season. Yeah, well, his ACL's a bit broken. Oh, yes. I'm with you, Dennis. I I actually tipped St Kilda um, last week. I thought it was a real bogey game for us. but So you definitely take the 40-odd point win. It wasn't terribly convincing, though. Oh, there was a couple, I think it was in the third quarter where there was about three of them where we pretty much went from the back lines to forward. It was absolutely stunning football with how, with the speed of the ball movement and just getting that loose player on his own in the forward lines. Um, I, if we can do that a bit more consistently, I don't think there's a team in the AFL that could stop that kind of movement. Any bets, money well spent. I think we're underpaying him. Oh, what a breakout game from Charlie Cameron. He did. He did some great um, pressure acts as well. Um, the one downside for me is the player who I really, really, really got very annoyed with, which was Henderson. Um, I know he's not the toughest player around, but what disappointed me the most was something that you couldn't see actually on screen was that once St Kilda got possession in the midfield, and they started to move it forward, he would just stop and stand still and let his player run into their forward line, which created an extra player that our backs are then trying to have to cover as well as their own men. So he was letting down the rest of the team. And I reckon there was about five score involvements that St Kilda got that you could directly relate to him not following through on the team defence and following his player. That actually did come through on the TV screen a few times. Um Good. Where where you could see him stop after um, his player got a break on him. So you think he's a f- fan of the uh, pea and potato pie, Nicky? 
uh, let's just say I wanted to kill him. <laughs> and and it's very rare that a player will make me that angry that I have a go at them and I had a go at him. Um, and I don't like doing it, but he frustrated me an awful lot. Um, he had some great runs. He did some great meters gains, but he's playing on the wing. He's got to be accountable to that other wingman who's going to go into their forward lines. Josh Jenkins has that effect on me, though. He can at least chase a little bit. Oh, oh I don't know about no, that. No, he doesn't. He, he, makes, he makes it look More as if Henderson he's chasing. Does. He makes it look as if he's chasing, but he doesn't chase. That was actually an interesting conversation on 360 tonight with Lewis and Goddard because they talked about them defending that they don't defend a man, they defend a space. And both of them have a basketball background. And they said, well, if you've got the basketball background, that's been ingrained into you that you you know you're not good at defending one-on-one, that you do have to defend a space, which I think can probably explain JJ and Hendo a bit because they are very strong basketball backgrounds, but it still frustrates me. No, it's no excuse. I mean, you don't see Lewis or, or Goddard squib contests like these two do. No, they don't. I actually thought, even though you'd suggest that like Lever got possibly beaten. Now, not all of Bruce's goals were kicked on him. At some stage, um, Talia was manned up on Bruce. They, they did change around a bit. But how was the hit on Loney? Yeah, he doesn't put a backward step, does he? He went straight through that ball then. And that slap, you know, just the contact was and – the, and the other one who I th- thought was very hard over the ball was McKay. Come on now. I, I... Go back and watch it. Go back and watch it. There's, it actually made the plays of the week. Um, there's one where in the back lines where he took the ball. He puts his body over the ball and he goes hard at it. Now, he's not always going to get it, but at least if he's going to knock it out, he's going to make it – not easy for the other opposition, but that one that did make the plays of the week, he grabbed that, you know, ball in a pack coming through in the forward lines for St Kilda. He's grabbed it. They've hit him as well. He's done the spot around, and then he's got the handball out. Yep. And it, and it resulted in a goal to us. Yeah, I've, I've got to back you up on that, Nikki, as much as people are going to hate me for it. I think McKay does that a lot more often than people give him credit for. Um, I'm starting to remember him as a guy who is willing to put his body on the line, back back into packs and take marks. He's done two or three of those marks already this year, and some players don't do one in their career. The problem with D-Max never been his intent over the ball, because I agree with you, actually. I'm taking the piss before, but he, he does get himself over the That's ball. The tr- Phoenix. The, the tr- <laughs> Sorry. Uh, the trouble is he just doesn't do it often enough. That's always been D-Max problem. He doesn't get himself involved in the game often enough. I, I, th- I thought his game was actually quite good on Saturday. Yeah, he was good. He does that on a consistent basis. It's just getting him, like Phoenix said, to do it consistently and not fade in and out like he usually does. Well, he's got an opportunity to do that moving forward for the next couple of months anyway with uh, Jensch going out. So I see him as a perfect – this is a perfect opportunity for him to step up and do something for the team. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to see what he does in that position, how Walsh restructures um, a little bit ar- around 
for the loss of Yench. The other thing I found very interesting in the third quarter um, was that we came out with a very definite plan and we changed the way we played a little bit in that when the St Kilda had the ball um, and if they did get rid of it, we were very much bringing that player either to ground or blocking them to keep them um, from from running on and, and getting involved again. And it and the more I, the the quarter went on, the more you actually noticed that that it seemed to be a real intent from all over the ground on our team doing that. And we we never gave a free away for a block or dumping, you know, too late. I thought it was very cleverly done by the players. It could be you know, less said about the umpiring that they may have missed them, but it was it was such a change in intent that was obviously something that Walshy got them to 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 do from halftime onwards. Oh, that was the other thing I, I remember watching the game because Walker did some really nice lead-ups and that, that kick from Bob to him was beautiful, was such a soft kick. So it just, you know, came into his hands beautifully. But Walker's worrying me in that sometimes he'll have front position and he'll give it up and he'll deliberately go to the back. And it's not that the defender's beating him. It's he's the one instigating that, that move behind. And it's like, what are you doing? That's a confidence thing. That's what a forward does when they're not confident. Oh, yeah, it was. He's struggling at the moment, Walker. He is. Um, but he's still getting, you know, uh, two, three goals. So I think most forwards would take that when they're struggling. Just oh, definitely. Out. Half the current forwards will probably take that when they're not struggling. True. Just watch out when he hits uh, his peak form. But there were some really nice passes from Lyons and Greg um, towards him as well. A couple of them didn't quite take, but we still got scores out of them. Um, But I, I thought that he'd lifted his game a notch from last week. But oh, there's, still think he's, he's slowly starting to build the confidence back anyway. a bit. Yeah, I do wonder if it is the hand. But I didn't see him shake it this week at all, um, like he has previously in a couple of other games when he's landed. Well, some speculation on the board this week was uh, surrounding that uh, text noise or allegedly noise of one of the two, Rory or Patrick, leaving. And perhaps that's the baggage that's weighing on him, causing him to not perform as well as he is, as he should. I think that's people just jumping at shadows. It's a bit like we get comments all the time, oh, I've looked at Danger's body language and he's going and I can look at exactly the same thing and you just, I just see a very team-orientated player. You guys, have, you guys have played football. Have you ever gone out onto a ground and played below your best because you, one of your teammates was doing something. I mean, that's just bizarre no. thinking. It's stupidity. It is. Like, I used to play against a guy I grew up with in Div 3, and, like, we used to pummel the living daylights out of each other, and end of the game, we shake hands, have our arm around each other, and the ump's like, do you two know each other? It's like, yeah, we've known each other since we were six years old, mate. Yeah, yeah it's I mean, just bullshit. It's- you step out on that ground and you give 100%. I actually was quite pleased with Danger's game. I noticed he did, um, he was a lot more inside because we had to have him do that. Um, he didn't get a huge amount of possessions, but I thought what he actually did get, were, there were some really nice ones in there. 
So the wash-up is we're happy with the 40-odd point win and move on? Yeah, I think Definitely. so. Take it and improve on this week or we'll get put with our uh, pants down. And on that note, we'll move on. Tonight we're very pleased to kickstart Board Talk again after a few weeks hiatus, um, somewhat due to a distinct lack of volunteers from the board, which leaves us very disappointed in the quality of people. Very, very soft. Bunch of pussies, really. Nikki, wouldn't you say? If you could see the look I'm giving the computer screen (laughs) right now. So without further ado, we're going to welcome an esteemed member of the uh, Adelaide Big Footy board uh, to the show. Welcome, Kay McGoodwin. How are you going, mate? All good. Thanks for well and welcome. So, a seasoned campaigner. Yeah, very seasoned. The doyen of the board. You were the original moderator. Yeah, it's been uh, 14 years. 14 years. 14 years. So it's been, it's certainly... Uh, Time flies when you're having fun, they say. Or you're just mad. Well, I probably went mad through my moderating years, but anyway. Because <laughs> how long was that? Because you, you moderated oh. for, for quite a while. Yeah. Um, started in um, around about 03. Um, later in 03, um, we, the Adelaide board was the only one which didn't have a, um, their own team basically moderating. We had um, Danny at the time, who was a Brisbane supporter, and she did a great job. Um, but I sort of raised the issue on the board that I thought we should have an Adelaide board uh, person moderating it. Um, my intention wasn't actually become the moderator, but it, it, it turned out that way. I think after the likes of Mac of 23 pulled out, I'm sure. Um, but, um, yeah, it was sort of um, fell into it. Um, passed all the the Bluey tests, Bluey being the uh, the former chief for those who haven't been around a long time. Um, so he disappeared soon after I became moderator, but it's n- nothing to do with me, that's for sure. Now, when did you um, get the, the little sig that you have on the bottom about not arguing with an idiot? When did that kind of come into to play? I reckon I started that very early in the piece. It would have probably been within the first year. Um, I, in fact, uh, I'd say I think it would have been before I became moderator. Um, yeah, that was just, um, I suppose, my old sage advice about particularly when we see a lot of um, put very personal stuff, I suppose, going on, which can come a bit infuriating at times. So, um, although you can probably gather, I don't often always listen to my own advice, but that's a good thing. That's a good thing not being a moderator anymore. You can actually, I suppose, uh, fire up a bit more. I find that thing uh, very soothing when someone's infuriating me to the point of where I think I'm going to just crack it and I'm like, that thing is brilliant, so calm down, Waffle. Yeah, because otherwise you might have to put two sentences in, Waffle. Yeah, true. <laughs> I look for Fergus Watts. 
Well, it was, um, I would like to say it was actually prior to some of the big board battles that we used to have, like the, the Macca Zoe 1 versus Crow 98. Oh, um, nightmares. Don't give me nightmares. Uh, look, I've lost count of how many um, infractions and PM warnings I would send these buggers. Um, I can remember towards the end I pretty well threatened if either actually posted or applied to the other. I was going to iron them both out for, I think, a week or a month. I can't remember at the time, but I think I finally they finally wore me out. And, uh, yeah, anyway, I they think, did I think down, it, actually. I think it was a week because I remember that discussion and I think the rest of us were like, yep, go ahead, do it. Yeah, well, as you know, you, I copied you in on all my messages. So, uh, oh, I yeah. think, yes, they... they um, Oh, look, uh, I don't know. They just, just just couldn't lay off each other, could they? So they were fine individually usually, but, yeah, they just, yeah, I don't know, rubbed each other wrong. But anyway, life's, makes life interesting, I suppose. Did we determine that Crow 98 has re-emerged as someone else on the Crow's board? I thought it was Alex. I believe Alex. so. Alex. Um, <clears throat> is it? I thought it was someone else, but I could be wrong. Well, we're not allowed to check IP addresses anymore, so we can't tell you. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. There we used to be. We used to check IP address, particularly for likes of uh, Big Hawk, Outback, um, Outback Jack. Oh yes, and Big Hawk, who seemed oh, to yes. he seemed to post from Italy at very odd hours every so often, at certain times <laughs> of the year. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. So, um, and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was certainly um, entertaining, I suppose, when you had to, um, when you're in amongst it. And you, but I suppose that's the one thing you don't notice as much when you're not moderating is um, these sort of things because uh, I suppose posters tend to contact you about um, uh, anything and everything, including, of course, um, emails from the Rooch, of course. I think they're the most infamous ones of all. So, uh, you got, being the you got emails from Rucci? Oh, regular emails from Rucci. Yep, yep. He used to complain um, that we were, um, uh, that was back when he took a few things, I suppose, a little bit too personally. So, um, he seemed to worry about what we were talking about on the net. So, but it was quite hilarious, really. But, um, yeah, look, he even offered to take me out to lunch. For free, and uh, but I declined his offer. Would it, would it have been free, or would it have been on? They wouldn't come along. <laughs> <laughs> would it have been on News Limited's tab, though? Uh, probably, yeah, yeah. Actually, I should have just said I'll go along as long as he gets me a bottle of uh, Grange or something. But anyway, <laughs> didn't think of that at the time. You'd have to be the only journalist that would react so personally to stuff that happens on. A bloody internet forum, surely. Oh, he's the only one who ever contacted me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, back in those days, I had to play a pretty straight bat as much as I would. I wish I could, I suppose, be a little bit more forceful in my comments. But, um, I mean, that was sort of when, I mean, compared to what goes on these days with social media, it's nothing. I mean, it was all very, very harmless. So, um, yeah, it's... Um, I'm guessing he doesn't contact the moderators anymore, but um, particularly since he, uh, well, he gets most of his best news from the board anyway, so 
he wouldn't want it shut down, would he? That's what he often claimed he'd shut it down and stuff like that. So if we didn't call yeah, out still, he still gets those problems with um, Twitter. I know that he's blocked half of the Adelaide board who have got Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, I'm not a Twitter person, but yeah, I um, he I, when I do hear him, he keeps talking about how many people he's blocked. So I don't even know why people bother to follow him, to be honest. But um, yeah, is anyway, it, he's it's, um, it's a badge of honour. Yeah, I follow I follow him just just to um, poke fun at him when yeah. he makes stupid comments. Most people follow him just to taunt him. Uh, you can still read his. Um, tweets though. Oh, okay. You can't see my tweets. Yeah. I've got a private account. Yeah, no, I felt like uh, when you when I was on moderating this board, it was almost like he was stalking us at the time. So uh, I must admit, I've never really gone out of my way to follow him too much. So. So apart from Crows ninety eight Maccas number one, that little bun fight that went on for years, who was probably yeah. who was probably the worst defender? Was it Outback Jack? Yeah, uh, single-handedly, um, yeah, he would be because he just kept on popping up with aliases, didn't he? Yeah, um, <laughs> you'd ban him and he'd be back within minutes. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So he was probably the most uh, annoying from that point of view. Um, we have obviously a lot of posters which um, tend to rile people up. So you had the chromos of the world. Um, even <laughs> who, uh, well, I think you end up banning him, ending the banning. I, anyway. Yeah, I had to work on him quite a bit. He was he was very clever, though. I think we've um, talked about this um, somebody else before. Yes, he was very clever at knowing what the rules were and not quite overstepping the mark, but getting very close. Yeah, yeah. I must admit, I've sent him plenty of warnings. So. Um, so, yes, he was certainly – look, I enjoyed actually reading most of his posts, but, yeah, you had to keep telling him to pull his head in, but he's not really one who took to those sort of – most people would. Actually, most people were pretty good with warnings, I found, but um, he was one who was going to stick to his guns. So, Dyer, funny, funny enough, Diatribe was another in his early years. He was very um, feisty. Um, interesting how he became moderator. Um but maybe um, Aspire quite quieted him down a bit. But, yeah, certainly in his um, crows as opposed to port days before he went to the dark side, he was he certainly <laughs> didn't mind a good argument. But, but he, he still, still but, likes it over there. Yeah, yeah. I must admit I don't see much of him these days. So don't, I, don't, I used to go and visit their boards quite a bit more, but um, since it's sort of they don't sort of like too much opposition comment, I tend to avoid it these days and just read but um, yeah, it's um. I mean, I suppose, and that was one thing I suppose when I, which I posted when I originally became moderator, that um, I was always keen for our board not to become insular, um, like some of the others had, and actually openly encouraging opposition supporters to come up on to our board, because um, I really think that's healthy in terms of getting. Um, different points of view on how you're travelling. So, um, and I hope it always stays that way. I certainly wouldn't want to go down the, the track of what some of the others have done. And yep, I know that means that you're open to a little bit of stirring and, and everything some, sometimes, but uh, I just think we're better off for it. 
and and some and I suppose some posters I know just don't want to see anyone Port Adelaide on there. But you know we've got some you know, Port Adelaide follower and stuff like that who come on and they they add they add to our board in my opinion. So yeah, they do. I think and, as long as they don't talk shit, then what does it matter? You know who they vote for? Yeah, correct. I mean we've got Adelaide supporters who talk more shit than some of them. Yeah, some of them embarrass me. <laughs> Yeah, some of them I think. Do they even watch the game, or have they ever played the game, or where do they get these views from? Some of them I think are just purely trolls who are actually opposition supporters. Yeah, there could be a bit of that, but um, so I trust. I mean, look, every all supporter bases have got um, their idiots, I suppose you could say. Um, there's some supporter bases I can have a high percentage. That's all. <laughs> and when when you've got a large number of people, a larger supporter base, you 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 know the you're going to get a larger number of idiots. Yeah, correct. I mean, it's interesting. Um, I can remember when I first joined on Big Footy, there was probably only about a dozen to twenty regular posters, so it was pretty small. So I mean, that's back when you had the the Macca twenty threes and Stiffy eighteens and the Jars brothers. Top and four, 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 five, eight. Um, and oh, we so haven't seen them in a while. Yeah, well, I was thinking about the posters. I mean, we had Nap Sid um, and Dave W, who are both Sydney-based, who actually I actually met both of them at a Crows game. Of course, one of the many games which we didn't uh, didn't lose in Sydney once when we had the good record. Um, uh, SA Paul, Ant, uh, Noddy, of oh, course. Oh, Ant is so uh, good, and I miss Dave W. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what ever happened to him. So, um, but, so I don't know. I might even stub his mobile number. I don't know because um, we caught up. But uh, yeah, he he was good. I mean, he was he was the the guy I, uh, I was keen to get as a second moderator pretty quickly after I became. We had pretty similar views and the way of doing things. And he was pretty unlucky not to become the inaugural um, Adelaide one, really. Um, so. And that was back when the board was also starting to grow as well. So I was of the belief that it was there was this expectation that as a moderator he'd be around twenty four seven, and obviously um, we have holidays too. So um, yeah, he was the one who I was always keen to get on to be second. So and he, yeah, he was very he was a great support. So yeah, absolutely miss him. He's um, a good footy mind too. Yeah, he used to have some absolutely brilliant posts um, discussing the game and stuff. And it could also be quite funny. Yeah. Oh, look, he's a, he's a really tall guy, um, really humble. Um, and, yeah, really, yeah, if you're listening, Dave, come back. So, uh, yeah, it's all good. Yes, we need some insight. Then, of course, um, I think think around about uh, uh, it after Dave um, passed away, but a mad dog, of course, came in and, and then Nikki soon after, I think that was basically to – the board was really expanding, so we decided to go for three. And also that was around the time I was about to take two months off to go to the Caribbean and watch the Cricket World Cup. I remember that. So, um, bit of a, so, cr- uh, bit of a cricket well, tragic you are. I pointed Nikki and basically said, see you later, I'm gone for two months. You won't hear <laughs> yeah, much from thanks me. for that. <laughs> Baptism of fire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Pretty well, and after that, pretty well, Mad Dog and Nikki took over. So I think I pretty well retired soon after. I think it was a very cunning plan. It was a very cunning plan on your part. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No, I sort of had um, 
took a rather senior role at that time. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately, work commitments meant I couldn't really uh, be around as much as I, or I used to. So it um, wasn't fair to be around, hang on to it, not be around as much. Because there have been a few moderators like that and they sort of disappear. So um, it's not really a good look, I don't think. So have you enjoyed the board more since you've stopped moderating? Um, I don't know about enjoy more. Um, I, look, I, I didn't mind doing it, to be honest. Um, and, you know, I could well be still doing it if, depending on the circumstances. But I, I, I suppose you can be a little bit more brutal with what you can say. Because, I mean, when you were moderate, particularly when I was the only moderator, you get the, you can't say that, you're a moderator um, sort of thing. People get a bit precious. So I suppose you can sort of post not having to worry about that as much and be a little bit, um, although I must admit I've even got a warning from the big fellas. So apparently I even overstepped the mark. Um, so, what did you do? Uh, yeah, I suppose, yeah. What did I do? Um, am I allowed to, I'm not sure I'm allowed to say. I suppose you can cut it out if um, I accused a certain poster of not being a Crow supporter. I, I still to this day don't think they are a Crow supporter. Nice. So, well, they've never posted anything positive about the Crows, so they're one of those which I think actually are an alias for someone else. I, I, but, um, uh, I'm not going to name who it is. I'll probably get it. <laughs> I, I just nailed it, didn't I? I think a, so, uh, a lot of people might have certain um, feelings regarding some certain posters that, yeah, that where their true allegiance lies. Yeah, it was just one of those moments where it was just, I don't know, you get fed up with um, people who are just just 100% negative and I suppose I just gave them a, a full-on serve one night and they, they went off running to the big fella, didn't they? So anyway, I think people get soft, what they deserve sometimes. Yeah, well, if I think, yeah, well, if I think all the posts which have been aimed at me over the years, um, yes, but anyway, each their own. So, yeah, that's all right. I promised I wouldn't do it again. Naughty boy. <laughs> so, not, not least for months. So, so where did your um, footy supporting background originate? Who, were you, who do you support in the SANFL and how did you come to be a Crow supporter? Uh, I'm a sad Bay supporter at the moment. Um, I don't think we've been quite the same since the Crows came in and they took half our infrastructure and stuff. Um, and we're now just getting regularly flogged, aren't we? Um, can't even hold on to our coaches. Um, and have to turn off the lights to win games. Yeah, it's, yeah, or we'll draw games. <laughs> that was can't so funny. Um, so, yeah, Bay supporters. I used to, not that I'm from that end of town, but, um, yeah, grew up watching them. Um, so at least have some memories of flags, but they are even more distant than the Crows ones. Um, and then, yeah, as soon as um, went along to the first, uh, not it was scratch match, Crows versus Essen, Sheedy brought his Essen and team over and um, went to the first game versus Hawthorne for points. And... Um, Pretty well been going ever since. So um, went to most of the games in the first year and um, pretty well decided it was cheaper to buy a season ticket. So basically had a season ticket since year two. So that's yeah, been good. Got to love it, don't you? So uh, unfortunately, the, 
the crows have probably been a little bit more successful than the bays. So I don't know what would happen if I was still just following the bays. We'll just ignore the Robert Shaw years. Uh, yeah, I mean, I must admit that that was that was the the last game of the season. I think it was versus uh, I think it was versus Fitzroy actually. Um, that was the only time I just didn't want to go, and I actually gave my tickets away. I had enough, mind you. I think um, a good thirty percent of the supporting base had gone well before me. But yeah, the last game of the season, I just remember, no, nah, had enough of watching this stuff. So yeah, fortunately, it was only two years. But geez, it was definitely the toughest two years. Um, don't know, don't know who was on that panel. Well, the, the good, the one good thing out of it though was his recruiting was good because he yeah, set, well, he set he up the premiership teams. Yeah, but then he may as well become recruiter, not coach. But yes, you're right. He he did get some pretty handy players. So um, and then we were ripe for the taking for Blighty. So um, yes, there are. There's always positives and something that's for sure. So um, yeah, all good. And you've got to go through some tough years, I think, before you really um, start to appreciate it. And I think that's what, um, particularly that young group coming through at that point in time, um, I think they they that sort of hardened them up for when they really needed it in 97, 98. Yeah, certainly you after the 93 that. prelim and that disappointment, we had bigger expectations of the Shaw years and it was just so demoralising. Yeah, absolutely. And... Um, they weren't going to lose lose out on opportunities this time. So yeah, the that Jarman missed goal half just before half time, and Rennie takes a flyer and misses. Oh yeah, yep. Everything happens for a reason. So yeah, I think that did certainly harden us for ninety seven, ninety eight. So, but now I think we've had enough uh, of the lower years. We've we're due again, aren't we? I'd say so. No, I reckon we are. It's been a long. So tradition dictates, mate, that we um, put you on the grill and give you half a dozen questions. Colloquially, Tam, the daddy no, half dozen. I think Nikki came up with that phrase. I did not. Well, it was probably inspired by you, Nikki, anyway. So All good. The first question obvious, is the obvious one is, and we should include Sloney in this now, is Danger and or Sloney staying or leaving? I believe they will both stay. Although I'm not as confident as I was at the beginning of the year, but I think I'm pretty sure they will stay as long as we go okay. Now, if you had a duffel coat, who would you have on the back of it? I'd go 32. Can't go wrong there because you've got Rue, um, now Danger, and then you probably have Rue Jr. when Danger retires. Which Rue, though? Which Rue Jr.? I don't care. <laughs> He's got a couple. I know. It'll have to be yeah. 32A and 32B and 32C. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be good? Who was it before then? It was... Was Bruce, Bruce Lindsay before then, wasn't it? Lindner. Bruce Lindsay. Yeah, uh, no, Lindsay. Bruce, was Bruce Lindsay. Yeah, it was Bruce Lindsay. Lindsay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. a fair player. Uh, just unfortunately, we basically recruited him when he's ready for retirement. Yeah, we had a few like yeah. that. It was just, you know, on the back end of their careers. Yeah. 
they did well David Marshall. You know, yeah. through those early years. David Marshall was a freak. There's str- yeah, there's some strange decisions in that early squad. but uh, Well, Cornsey was in charge of it, so. <laughs> yeah, well, yes, maybe he shouldn't be in charge of recruitment. Well, it did include our, um, our first premiership captain as the last player on his initial squad, so that wasn't, that wasn't a bad choice. Yeah, uh, look, there was the old um, Glenelg Port thing back then, wasn't it? So uh, it certainly made for an interesting selection. Oh, yeah, when we picked up, uh, was it Daryl Smith? He was playing yeah. for us, wasn't he? Uh, there was always a bit of angst about that. Da- uh, Daryl Smith, David Brown, Hodges. They never sort of gelled, did they, in that same in that environment? The most important question of the night, Kylie or Danny? Uh, I'm going to disappoint the big fella here. Um, Danny's just a Kylie wannabe, so I've got to, uh, so I've got to go, Kylie. <laughs> Good man. Good boy. Good boy. Uh, if you could meet one poster who you haven't already met, because clearly you've met a few, who would it be and why? Um. I don't know whether I actually have one particular one. I actually wouldn't mind just catching up with a beer with Mad Dog. He's not around too much these days, so um, um, yeah, I bump he's into, probably the one. I bump into him at the footy every so often. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, look, there's um, plenty. I think the great thing about the board now, there's just too many to list, but there's um, many posters now which I enjoy um, reading. And so, yeah, too many. We actually had a... Um, Years ago, we actually had a Adelaide Board Big Footy meetup many, many years ago. So, um, but there, there's only probably about a half a dozen or so which turned up. But yeah, it was good. Had a few to drink. And nice the last memories. one, the last one, mate. And um, it's probably a two-part question now. Will the Crows make the eight? And can we make the top four? I'm pretty sure we'll make the eight, but having as long as we don't get too many injuries. I mean, they're starting to take toll, but I think even with our draw, we should be able to get through. Um, I think it's unlikely we'll be in the top four. Um, but, look, strange. It's wide open, isn't it? I mean, I think you'd have to say uh, for our a lock-in already for top four, I'd say Hawthorne will still come charging. Um, Sydney are likely. So there's a spot there, but I think if you're a betting man, you'd say somewhere in the fifth to eight region, probably around six, I think. I think that's what I said at the beginning of the year, so I'll stick to that. But, yeah, looking, I mean, I think the most important thing is we've, Walshie's now got them mainly playing to their strengths a bit more and in terms of getting the structures right. And I think even that when you get injuries, you can cover better. You're not becoming so reliant on, I suppose, the, the main ones to get you over the line. So I think more evenness the way we're going, that certainly helps cover. But um, like we wouldn't want Saucy or Talia or something or text to go down. I think we'd be in strife then. But no, I think fifth to eighth, I'll stick to that. Very good. Long-winded answer, I know. No, I happen to agree uh, with you that evenness. Years gone by, if we'd have lost a couple of midfielders like we had and, um, you know, um, a key defender, we would be you know, falling, falling over. But uh, this year we seem to have those that team structure in, in place to, to cover, so it's pretty good. All right, mate. Well, 
It's been great to have you on, and uh, thanks very much for helping us get Board Talk started off again. Um, lots of good memories about the early times, which many of the posters on the board these days wouldn't even be aware of. Um, so um, thanks for all your insight and your participation. Um, we'll try and represent you fairly in the recording. <laughs> I'm sure you will. No, thanks for the invite. been a pleasure, and uh, enjoy your work. Thanks, Kate. Okay. No worries, Cheers. Thanks, is this the is this the match of the round? Well, it'll be close to the match of the round, wouldn't it? Fourth versus fifth. It's uh, it's uh, in hot competition with Hawthorne and Sydney. Yeah, but they're both playing crap. <laughs> Are they? Well, yeah. Sydney's in pretty good form. 15 points last week. On Melbourne. It's going to be a very interesting game because we've obviously had no trouble with GWS up until, you know, this year, um, as have many teams. So it'll be interesting to see how we go against them, you know, at the top of their game. Yeah, I'm just wondering who their defence is going to be matching up on ours. I mean, their forward line is very interesting, and I think it, it structures very similarly to how we want our forward line to structure up with the three taller's. Um, I don't think they quite have the small that plays tall like we have in Eddie, um, but they do have a lot of their midfielders coming down. So our, our defenders are definitely going to have their hands full. It's the midfield that we're going to struggle. I think they've just got so much speed. So we're going to have to. So the press is going to have to be back, and is and really going to have to to force them out wide, um, because I think what Ruse was saying on um, Monday, no, it was um, no, it wasn't Ruse. It was Malthouse was talking about their spread, and and how quickly they do. So you've really got to to stay on target. This could almost end up being a, a slight shootout in a way. I think with their massive crowd. <laughs> oh, that, <laughs> hey, look, they might get 6,000. <laughs> Don't diss that crowd. I'll be, I'll be one of the, that crowd this, this week. Now, I'm quite excited to we'll, go down to uh, Skoda Stadium and see, see what it's all about. I, th- I think there might almost be more Crow supporters than, um, than GWS supporters there. Well, the South Australian expats in the ACT in New South Wales will be there. Yeah, the, the ACT's got a fair few experts. I, I used to be part of the, the supporters group there. There was a decent old crowd. Yeah, I've already heard that Vader will be there. Watch out for the mask. <laughs> I think the biggest challenge is going to be our centre clearance work, actually, because Mumford's going to be more than a match for um, Jacobs, and he also does a lot of groundwork as well. I, reading a couple of comments during the week of how the GWS boys are saying that he just clears clears the uh, clears the decks for them a fair bit with his physical presence. So that's going to be interesting to see how we counter that. But just running through the, the centre square. But conversely, though, Jacobs is really providing a lot of link and run around the ground. So 
he's got – so there's going to be – this. that's, got, I think, going to be a very intriguing battle as to um, which way they go. And I think, Phoenix, you, you noted that up against um, Goldstein and, and Loby that Jacobs was a bit off because he seemed to be trying to jump that little bit earlier. So it will be interesting to see if he's learnt from that against Mumford. Well, as a, as a comparison, uh, in round one against Goldstein, Jacobs uh, Jacobs had 32 hit-outs or around about 32 hit-outs and Goldstein had around about 41, but we had 40 clearances to North Melbourne's 27. So I think we've got the structures in place to be able to shaft those contests that we know that we're not always going to be the winners of the hit-outs. So who do we think is going to come in for Yanch and Smith? Well, Kerridge will come in. Uh, he had, he's had a, a three decent weeks. I wasn't impressed with him. Did you watch the SNFL? Oh, his first half was good, and then I think he lost interest, to be honest. Yeah, I, was, I, wasn't, that Im- I wasn't that impressed with his first half. I thought he was a little bit off the, the, the pace at times and going. Yeah, I don't know. I... It's um, uh, Kerridge, I think, play. I don't know whether you guys saw the sample game. I watched it. He looked like he was playing. He was playing like he'd done his time in the sample and wanted to get back into the into the ones. And I wouldn't begrudge him that. He he belongs in the ones. He's in our best twenty-two. So I'd expect him to come in. Well, he's had his two games in the sample now. So three now. Um, you would expect said three. Well, Smith and Yench definitely coming out. I wouldn't be surprised if there's one more that, that makes one uh, curly uh, and either Josh or Rob come in as well as Carriage. And just going on that hit-outs thing as well, against uh, Port Adelaide, Adela- uh, we had 39 hit-outs. Port had 63, but we had 47 clearances to Port's 34. <laughs> So it's even if Mumford, what I'm saying is, even if Mumford gets on top of the rock, then he's uh, we've still got the structures in place to be able to shark those hitouts and hopefully make the most of them going forward. So do we think O'Brien comes in? Because I tell you what, watching the sample game on the weekend, I really like Jack Osborne's work up forward. Um, and comparing him to Josh Jenkins, and he likes to take. It's not a bad option. Yeah, I thought you. I thought. I thought you would like him, though, though, a couple of the, the crashing the packs. Yeah, he took one from about three back in, up near the goal square, and that was uh, something you wouldn't see Josh do very often. He's, he's, he's always had a really nice, like, one to two, two grabs. Um, he's very good at, at marking the ball in, in a contested situation. It's just been really pleasing for me this year to see him finally starting to put it all together. Um, the thing we d- you didn't see was his ruck work. Um, Last year was wasn't really that good. Um, he did ruck work um, for the first two SNFL games from memory, and he was and there were some nice little taps and going on. So I've seen a huge improvement in him. Yeah. And also talk about the S, the SNFL. Riley Knight coming back for his first game that was quite a nice. I think he will definitely be getting AFL games later on this year. Such a shame that he missed the start of the season because he um, he was apparently on the cusp of selection. Yeah, that's what I'd heard too. Before he got injured, so uh, and coming out and having such a good game in the sample, um, I'd have to keep him high on the 
selectors radars. Jared Lyons is going to be the one that's under pressure from Riley to get in because he offers a little bit more than Jared's been giving us. Oh, so there was, if you actually go back and watch the replay, there's a, a lot of our scoring shots where Lyons, either the first or like that last pass into before we score or the one just before. So Lyons was, was doing quite a nice little things, but true, it wasn't a huge number of possessions. I just thought the ones that he did get were quite quality. I think Greg's gone past him in terms of value, though. But the fact that we know that they can both come in and play to a standard that we expect is pleasing. Yeah, and, you know, you've got to think, the amount of injuries that we have got to key players, we've, these kids are starting to really come on now. Um, and we're building a really nice um, second tier of, of, of players that can come in and do a job. The Hawthorne model. So do we reckon um, Sammy Jacobs needs a chop out this week and so Rolly O'Brien comes in? I'd be interested to, be, to see what Walshie does. I, I would like to see him play, but he Walshie has been talking up JJ. So that may prove interesting. I think if JJ isn't quite right, then Riley O'Brien would definitely come in. Um, but if JJ's fit enough, I think Walshie will go with JJ ahead of Riley. He must be training the house down because bloody hell. <laughs> I'm not saying anymore. He's obviously he's obviously doing his role that the coach wants him to. What, decoy forward? Well, he, he still kicks goals. That's, that's Riley's one downfall is um, he's, I think, very shy now around the forward lines. He doesn't want to have a kick for goal. He's kicking around the grounds fine. He just He's panicking in front of in front of the goals. I just don't think we can have four small forwards. I mean, we've got Eddie and Charlie and Matty Wright. I mean, do you bring another small forward in Josh Jenkins in? <laughs> At one stage um, <laughs> on last week's game, we just had Tex as the tall forward and then you had Grig, Wright, Lyons, Betts, and I think Lynch was wandering around somewhere. So that was actually kind of a slowish forward line, really. I, th- I think Curly's definitely coming in if he's available. So what's the consensus? Are we going to sneak a winner there or is this another one of those uh, ones that we're in danger of dropping? Well, I haven't seen the Crows play live for a couple of years, so they'd better get the job done for me. Oh, pressure. I'm, I, I'm with you, Phoenix. If we play well, I think we'll win. But we only have to be a little bit off and GWS can come storming over. But I've been pleased to see that Walshie and the team are, are able to stop the rot after a while. I mean, they might give up a like a, a, a little bit of time, but they're able to stop the rot and get back in the game. So, yeah, I'm with you. This is um, – I'm still not quite too sure which way to pick yet. Well, Squiggly Lions has got GWS beating us by three points. Well, the AFL – yeah, the AFL thought we were GWS were going to beat us by 40 points, and yet most of the stats they were all quoting were in our positive favour. So, yeah. Yeah, very odd. Lies, dem lies, and statistics. Hey, Daniels? Yeah, well, um, as pointed out by Bacon, um, our average losing margin this year is about 40 points. So, it's the only thing that I can think of that they are looking at. Yeah, it's just, 
a bit odd. I'd like to think that we're going to maintain the um, um, up there with, I think, was it Essendon and I think there's three others that the expansion teams haven't beaten yet. I think personally losing Yench and Brody Smith is going to hurt us a lot more than what we expect. And therefore, I think GWS might just get up. All right, well, <laughs> on that note, we've better edit that out. Um, <laughs> that brings us to the end of our preview of the GWS game and also to the end of our podcast for the week. All right, well, thanks, guys, and, um, you know, good luck to the Crows again on the weekend, and uh, we'll see you later. Bye. See you later. You've been listening to Crowcast, brought to you by Casmara Event Technology for all your live production and studio recording needs. See you at the footy. Captain.